Well, hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Season 3 of the Real Nickasized Podcast Experiment. Every season is divided up by a different topic, and we've looked over a couple of things. And in Season 3, it's going to be random. That's right, random. It's going to be the things that are on my heart, things that are on my head, that I'm going to have a chance to just verbally dialogue about. So, and sit back and enjoy season three. Good leadership is art. It's not science, it's not theory, though science and theory help. A good leader is a bit of an artist because they're adaptable, because they can walk into a situation and recognize that. The situation is ever-changing, and so must leadership be. An artist walks in and looks at a blank canvas and sees what could be there. And with every stroke, they make adjustments, or they start over, or they erase. But they're always creating, they're always cultivating, they're always moving towards something that only they can see, only they can picture. There's something akin to this picture when we talk about leadership. Leadership is artistic in its very nature. Why do you want to talk about leadership, Nick? Well, I want to talk about leadership because I think we need to keep improving the kind of leadership that we're able to give, and specifically leadership in the church, specifically the way that we do pastoral ministry. I feel passionate about it. The more that I do it, the more, the longer that I do ministry, the more passionate I feel that we need to continue to improve how we do it and why we do it. I would not, not suggest that we need less theological training. We definitely need theological training. That's got to be a part of the, of the pastor's training. But a component that is often missing or, or seriously undervalued in pastoral training is leadership. How do you lead an organization? We all have leadership skills. On some level, to some extent, there's, we all have leadership within us, but not everybody can lead an organization. And, and certainly, of the people that can lead an organization, not all of those people can just come about it naturally, just figure it out as they go. That's the way some people work. But I believe that if you were to give people a foundation of good leadership training, it would give them a foundation or a springboard to work off of when they actually entered into a workplace or a ministry place where they needed to provide leadership. The way that we train pastors would lead you to believe or lead a young pastor to believe that when they get into ministry, the thing they have to worry the most about is a Sunday morning sermon. But what if that's not the thing they have to worry the most about? What if that's just the most regular thing they'll have to worry about? What if part of what we need to teach a young pastor is that you need to set aside enough time to get that done, you need to put good effort into it and good work into it, and you need to make it compelling. Those are all things that have to be done, but you need to find regular time in your schedule to do them. However, there are going to be things that pop up that are actually going to take precedence. That will be far more stressful and anxiety-filled. They're going to worry you much more. And it has nothing to do with the Sunday morning sermon. It has nothing to do with theology, though theology is a role in it. It doesn't have anything to do with cracking a Bible sometimes. There's going to be situations that arise because you work with people, because your ministry is with people, and you need to be a good enough leader to deal with them. You need to know when to let things go. You need to know how to walk away from your pride and be humble. 
You need to know how to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And these are things that we only teach conceptually in a theological class. These are not things that we teach in practicality because these, these are things that leaders and good leaders model. We need to have more time training our pastors in leadership because the way that a congregation views a pastor is not the same way that a group of employees views a boss. A group of employees will come to work for the paycheck at the very least. They'll come to work for the camaraderie at the very least. And they may not like the employer very much. And the employer, he has all the power because he's signing the paychecks, he's running the company. And if the relationship becomes too tenuous, the employee can quit or the employer can fire. And that relationship is not the relationship of the pastor and the congregation in a church setting. Not at all. And so we need specifically ministry leadership training. Because ministers embody everything they're talking about. An employer can say, do as I say, not as I do. If a minister says that, likely they'll be fired. In The Monkey and the Fish, uh, Dave Gibbons, he's a pastor, he says, uh, today we cannot separate the what from the how, the message from the method. The issue is not just sharing our message, but becoming the message. And I'm usurping this a little bit. Certainly he didn't mean for me to talk about pastoral leadership as he wrote this. But there's truth to be found in the fact that the pastor embodies the message. And the message embodies the pastor. If we don't recognize that as we enter into a leadership situation, we can abuse power, we can hurt people, or we can just simply be a bad leader, which will lead our organization, our church, into a negative place. I'd like to propose that a situational leadership model is probably the most helpful model, especially with the premise that I started with. Leadership is art. You see, when an artist walks up to a canvas and they see potential, that's the sort of, that's the sort of mindset that we need our pastors to walk into conflict and problems uh, with. In any sort of situation, even if they're in a positive situation, walking into a boardroom with a group of people who love and care about their church, the pastor needs to walk in like an artist and see potential. Even when there's problems flying in their face, the role of a good leader is to navigate the problems while recognizing the potential. So let's talk a little bit about situational leadership. Situational leadership is the style of leadership that 400 out of the 500 Fortune 500 companies use. So it's a highly, it's, you know, by highly effective leaders, this is the, the leadership style that they, they use. Now, don't hear me connecting business leadership and church leadership as the same thing. I'm not suggesting that. I am suggesting that perhaps organizations that are publicly traded and are doing very well uh, in terms of their structure and are winning awards to be some of the best places to work in the country or the state, we need to pay attention to how leaders are leading within those companies. 
Situational leadership is a type of leadership that is kind of tailored to specific groups, specific individuals, specific needs, or specific moments. Now the weakness here is that it's actually a pretty vague leadership model. That, that is the, the worst part about this is it's actually fairly hard to teach, but when it's adopted, when it's shown, when you live into it, you know what you're doing as well. So a situational leader is going to adapt, adapt their leadership to certain situations. And so in a given situation in a boardroom, they might present a certain style of leadership in a conflict between two people or in a conflict between two teams of people, they may have two more different styles of leadership dependent upon the situation. Because as they walk into it, they're developing the leadership, they're developing the problem, the conflict, they're developing the situation with every stroke of their paintbrush as they create this masterpiece. So, a person who's a situational leader also needs to be familiar with several other leadership styles as they enter into any given situation because there isn't a one-size-fits-all leadership style. It seems to me that most often what we do now is we leave pastors with stories from other pastors on how they handled certain things. And then rather trying to develop the situation or the conflict in a natural and organic way with the help of those who are involved, pastors attempt to imply whatever worked for the other pastor. And so now you're probably like, all right, Nick, well, you know, you seem pretty passionate about this whole situational leadership style. You're pretty pretty adamant that leadership, good leadership is, is an art form. Well, why are you so passionate and worked up about this, Nick? Because I feel like maybe it doesn't really matter that much. I think that's a fair point. Um, I think the greatest teacher in history was Jesus. And I don't think that because my perspective on God is that God is just a better me. I don't think of Jesus as the ubermensch. I, I think of Jesus as the greatest teacher ever lived because what he taught and how he taught and who he taught lives on thousands of years later. It changed the shape of the Middle East and uh, just the shape of the world, quite honestly. It started in the Middle East, but it worked out from there. I think we have to learn from the way that Jesus taught. And you and I are never going to have a chance to study under Jesus, but we can look around what he taught in Scripture to see what he did. Jesus engaged conflict, and he didn't always engage it the same way. He didn't always engage uh, people the same way. He taught in different ways. You know, Jesus was the king of probably using exactly what was happening around him as a good teaching example. So when Jesus is talking about a mustard seed. Likely there are mustard seed plants nearby. When Jesus is talking about a, a farmer sowing seeds that falls on four different kinds of soil, likely he's doing that teaching where people can see behind him or off to the side that there is literally a farmer doing this sort of sowing. Jesus was the king of using his surroundings to his advantage. When the crowds got too big and he literally had no platform to teach from, Jesus got in a boat, pushed out from shore, and taught from the boat, which is actually kind of odd because when rabbis teach, they sit down. And so, I don't know if Jesus could actually sit down on that boat. More than likely, he's standing and he's kind of shouting to the shore so that everybody can hear him. Jesus is the king of situational leadership in so many ways. He engages each disciple according to his need. And at the same time, he has this transformational 
leadership that takes this ragtag group of men and women and draws them into this community that's going to then cultivate uh, a global community for the next hundreds and, and then thousands of years. If we don't look to Jesus as not just a model of morality and not just a model of Christian ethic and not just a model of, of theology, if we don't look to Jesus and look at the way that he he lived and dealt with conflict and led, then we're missing an entire side of Jesus that scripture is is giving to us. It's like it's like looking at a piece of art covering up one eye so you can only see half of the painting. Why ignore the other part? Because the whole thing works together to give you an incredible experience. 